0: I'm Pam Evanson.
1: I'm Dan Lapin. and this is Breaking Sales, a nonconformist take on rejecting the sales status quo. Join the Lappen 180 team as we break the tried and died sales tactics and techniques that are failing you and your prospects. Wow, Pam, I feel like I haven't seen you in a <laughs> while.
0: It has been quite some time.
1: It's weird, right? This past week, I'm up in Birmingham. And
0: I was in in Detroit. In
1: Michigan, and you were in Detroit. And we didn't even even know. Yeah. I don't know if that's good or bad, Pam. (laughs) I'm
0: not sure either. If
1: someone was going to dissect our relationship, (laughs) I don't know what they would do with that. Goodness. Anyways.
0: So what are we talking about today?
1: (laughs) You know, I want to talk about what is mindset. And I'm going to let the listeners know, um, this will be 10, 12, 15 minutes. We're going to do a really good, thorough, deep dive on mindset. We're going to take the fluff out of this. Okay. Okay.
0: Okay. Do we normally put fluff into it?
1: No, but I think right now some of the listeners would call what we're doing fluff. Ah. Right. Understood. Yeah. We're, we're building some rapport with one another and commonality here before we get started. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I see where you're going with this already.
1: So mindset, right? Right. I can't take credit for this definition, but for our listeners, it it is so good. So this definition comes from a David Yeager, um, I believe it's out of the University of Texas, and Andrew Huberman, which many of you might listen Mm -hmm. to, who is out of Stanford University. Um, Both of them neuroscience, uh, cognitive science. And the definition is, mindset is how we collect, how we filter, and how we codify information.
0: Okay. I'm following.
1: Mindset is a setting. It's a true setting. So, you know, when we think about it, right, and you look at attachment, scarcity, and low intent, that is a setting. And then you look at detachment, high intent, and abundance, and that's a setting. And how we filter the world How we codify our environment, who we're talking to, the conversations we're having. It's all on us. It's the setting that we choose in that moment. And I think it it hit me so much just because we just launched a, a new client, Hudson Avenue Partners. That's what I was in Birmingham for. Welcome. Really smart group of people. And I watched them in the training, in the workshop. And you could absolutely see what they were connecting. It's like a setting, though, right? Everybody's used to the setting of a little bit of attachment, scarcity, and low intent. Why? Because we as human beings, right, everything around us is scarce and attached. The media, how we grow up, the lessons that we learn. No one wants to say, hey, I'm scarce and I'm attached. But reality is that's a little bit of our society, to say the least.
0: Well, it's, it's our natural default, I think.
1: Right. The innate human instinct is control and safety. Absolutely. Right. How do I maintain control of my environment and how do I stay safe?
0: So we can't blame ourselves. No, we can't blame ourselves for the way we're setting our minds today. We can't blame ourselves.
1: I think that's key, Pam. I like that you added that. I mean, I don't want anybody feeling bad that they're scarce or attached because we cannot blame ourselves. And the higher the pressure of the situation and the more the emotion that we release or feel, we're going to have that attachment and that scarcity kick in. Agreed. You only think about it, right? We've always talked about this one example where you work your butt off for the appointment. And I know you deal with this all the time, okay? And you sit down for the conversation and the first thing that person says to you is, hey, I just want to let you know, we really like our current provider. They've done a really nice job for us. Mindset is a setting. How are you filtering that how are you codifying that? Are you codifying it through scarcity and attachment or detachment and abundance? But I was, I was listening to one of Andrew Huberman's podcast, uh, The Huberman Lab. You know, he brought up a point that you and I have heard before. Um, I think uh, Dr. Eric Potterat, who you know we have a very good relationship yes. with. Yes, yes. He's brought this up too in his studies and his, his research. 90% of our brain is routine. Our thinking process is routine. Now, I don't know where that started. That could have been Carol Dweck or someone else before, even Carol Dweck. But to think, right, 90% of our thinking and how we use our brain is routine. So when someone hears, hey, we really like our current provider, without a flavor or sense of self-awareness, what are we going to default to from a setting standpoint?
0: Attached. Attached and scarce. Low
1: intent. So, what's our response going to be?
0: Attached, scarce, and low intent.
1: Yeah, exactly. We're going to say something like, well, gee, I'm glad that you feel that way. I like to think our clients say the same thing about us. (laughs) Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Listen, I am not mocking, or maybe I am. (laughs) I used to
0: say it, listeners. I used to say that exact sentence, probably why Dan is mocking right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Look, if there's a mistake to be made, I've made it. All right. I, I know that. The fortunate thing is I learn from my mistakes. The unfortunate thing is I need to make a lot. Me too. So, but going back to this mindset thing, right? In that one moment, it is that simple where 90% of our brain is routine, it's going to default to attached and scarce as it filters and codifies what that prospect said. So what if we can envision in that moment that, that critical point, that juncture, where we recognize Mm-mm, I got this 10% over here that's malleable, this 10% that I can grow, that isn't set, why, don't, why can't I just shift to bringing out more detachment And and high intent and abundance. So if it was that easy
0: to think that way, I have 10% that will allow me to handle this conversation differently, then why don't we do it more?
1: The routine of control and safety, the insecurity that comes along with scarcity and attachment, the self-doubt, the hesitation.
0: So are those the things that I need to work on for myself in order to be able to operate with that 10% that I'm not right now?
1: You nailed it. That's what you got to look for. We know how we feel. And we're good at assessing how we feel. It's the feel first, then the thought. That's how we assess it. So when we feel anxious, agitation, when we feel frustration, disappointment, or annoyance, self-doubt, that tells us we've just slid into a mindset that's filtering and codifying what our environment is through attachment and scarcity. And that's that, that's that juncture point.
0: So absent of doing this in the moment when I have an opportunity, how, how do I really practice this? Because I think one of the things I struggle to coach people with is, okay, Pam, so how do I get better at this knowing that I'm not having conversations every single day? And you and I both know, Dan, I mean, I learn more from my husband about practice. You have to practice something so many times over and over again for it to become your more natural state so you don't revert back. So I think one of the things that I'm trying to discover and research and learn is how we can help our clients practice outside of having the opportunity because I'm, I, I'm not talking to people every single solitary day.
1: So there is a way to practice this. And as you know, this is something we do in our workshops. You come up with the five, it, it could be more, but five what I would call poor performance triggers These are the five things that you know if you experience them in a conversation, you know you're going to go to scarcity and you're going to go to attachment. These are the five things that maybe it's something that somebody says or it's a demeanor. But they're the things that set you off and drive a reaction of scarcity and attachment. And you define those five things because you all know what they are. I know what mine are, you know what yours are and you practice those. You practice activating the high intent, the detached and the abundant mindset when you hear them. So you actually practice what you're gonna tell yourself in your brain when you hear one of those poor performance triggers or when you experience one of those poor performance triggers. Okay. So like for instance, going back to that simple example, when someone says, yeah, we were like our current provider and you can kind of feel yourself deflating. You can feel yourself in the moment going, oh, crap. Right? Remind yourself, like, say detachment. I, you know, I love this one. Before I go into a conversation or if I hear something like that, my brain goes to, okay, I'm not going to label what they said because I know if I label it, I'm going to take myself out of the conversation. I'm not going to assign a value, good or bad, as to what they just said. It doesn't mean anything yet. It's just their current observation or perception. Let me turn into it. Let me find out more. Let me be curious here. What's on their mind? That's my thought process to make sure that I don't slide into scarcity or attachments.
0: And I think for you sales professionals out there, I know one of the things for me then that would be important is I've got to start identifying when I actually get excited when I attach a positive value. You know, I was raised in the environment that you should be listening for buying signals. You should be listening for those things that tell you that the prospect is ready. And so I think what I see a lot of is I've developed a routine that when I hear something around the fact that they don't have a process or there's not a high level of accountability, it's like, oh good, here we go. That's what I want to hear. So for me, it's even, I think. For me, and probably a lot of us out there that are just, you know, truly love what we do because we do feel we can help people, it's even more about what excites me when I attach to what I perceive as buying signals from the prospect. That's recently in, in my conversations what's come up more is the piece where they're sharing the things that allow me to get excited, and I'm attaching a lot of good value to what the prospect is sharing with me. And then I go on my rant to try to solve.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, we, when we assign good or excitement, oh boy. we get sloppy.
0: Yes, we skip steps, we take shortcuts, we make a lot of assumptions.
1: It's no different than a professional athlete or anybody that plays at a high level. When someone gets excited and they start thinking about that finish line too soon, what happens? Yep we make mistakes. You brought up a good point just now, Pam. It's this idea of sharing our expertise. We share our expertise when we're insecure, when we have self-doubt. Because if you think about it, there's not a lot of risk in sharing our expertise because we tend to feel comfortable with it like it's a strength. We also like the idea that sharing our expertise may validate us with the prospect or the client. So there is this sense of control. I'm talking, I'm sharing my expertise and safety because I can't mess this up. It's my expertise. I've got 10, 15, 20 years of creating it. And so what happens is we revert to what we know. We revert to where we feel control. In those moments, as you and I know, we have to learn to trust curiosity. We have to learn to trust this moment where we're like, no, I'm not going to share expertise yet because I know human nature is to overestimate what we currently have and who we do it with and underestimate what we can gain from doing something different. I'm going to hold off. Let me go to curiosity. Let me learn more here. And I'm going to dive into that for a second for our listeners, Pam. One of the key factors of building trust, and you can go back to um, our episodes with Dr. Kent Grayson and Dr. Nicole Fisher, is this idea of seek to understand empathy slash rapport. What that means is by holding back and not reverting to what we feel in the moment gives us control and safety and maybe even validation, and moving toward curiosity, listening and asking questions, we're actually building more trust. Because seeking to understand another human being is a huge trust factor. People want to know that, hey, he gets me. She understands me. They're listening. Here's a great example. My spouse and I, Dana, you and Jeff, right? Dana and I get in an argument. I have the answer. I know I'm right. I'm I always it. right, just so you know. I, I thought so. <laughs> I knew you were gonna go there. Oh, that's, yeah. that's why I use me as an example, because <laughs> I think I'm right 70% of the time. No. <laughs> if I go to Dana and I say, well, this is what we need to do, or here's what you need to do, and we're in an argument, what is she gonna do?
0: Immediately disqualify anything that's coming out of your mouth.
1: Absolutely, okay? Even if I'm right, More than likely, part of the reason is she doesn't feel like I've taken the time to understand her point of view, her experience in the situation.
0: You're jumping to solve.
1: Yes. When we as human beings do not feel that somebody has truly made the effort to understand where we are, what we've gone through, what we're currently going through, how we feel about it, and then they jump to solve... We innately spend our time listening to disqualify.
0: Well, and I think for you sales professionals, you have to think about the fact that uh, these are the words I tell myself, they may not be ready yet. They may not be ready yet. I know I heard some things that have me excited about how I can help, but they may not be ready yet and I need to meet them where they are. So I need to understand a lot more before I go to my next step in my head.
1: Exactly. Exactly. There are, and we'll talk about it more in a different episode, there are six real major factors of trust, Pam, right? There's benevolence, high intent. Number one, hmm, when we seek to understand and we slow down and ask more questions, benevolence, front center. The second trust factor, honesty and vulnerability. If we can seek to understand showing a little bit of our own honesty and vulnerability in the process, the other person will meet our honesty and vulnerability with their own flavor or degree of honesty and vulnerability. We do that as human beings. Third factor, empathy. Just the process of slowing down and paying attention to the other person and asking them questions about whatever the experience has been is a part of empathy.
0: And we're, I just don't think we're very good at that.
1: No, objectivity. We've talked about that. Yes, another one. When we are objective, the other person we're talking to is objective. But if I go back to that example with my wife and I, Dana, and I'm jumping in to solve, am I showing objectivity? Not at all. Not at all. So what's going to happen to hers?
0: (laughs) Same goes. Plummets. All
1: right. You could argue competency comes in next because competency plays a value. But look at that. There's four trust factors Right there before competency. But yet in sales, what do sales professionals tend to do? Competency. They lead with competency. And that's why so many sales professionals have the answer, can solve, but the prospect does nothing different because you didn't lead with the benevolence, the honesty, the empathy, and the objectivity. So we talked about a lot. What do we want the listeners to walk away with?
0: I like the the Jaeger definition of setting of the mind, mm. and I really liked talking through, writing down, what are my routines now when I hear certain things? What is my reaction? And I can practice...
1: Those poor performance triggers? Yes,
0: I can practice how I utilize that 10% when I'm in those clutch moments instead of reverting back to the 90% routine. I really like
1: that. I think as a professional looking to become elite or high performer, you'd be crazy not to write your poor performance triggers down and work on your mindset ahead of time.
0: I'm actually going to write that down for myself right now.
1: (laughs) Any other takeaways?
0: I think probably the other thing to your point about just reminding our listeners is I do think this is a lot more work than we all anticipated is. It's easy to wake up and say, well, I'm going to be abundant, high intent, and detached today. And it just, it doesn't work that way. And so I think the more we hide from the reality that this really is our natural state, and we're fighting against that every day, the 90% versus the 10, I think a lot of us are underestimating the amount of practice that it's actually going to take to be good at utilizing that 10% when
1: I'm in those moments. It's so true. I look at that 10% as a gift. Uh, I'm not gonna fight the 90, all right? I actually believe it when I look at my life and I dissect what I do and how I think things are through. And we make so many decisions from a reaction standpoint during the day that I got the 90, I get it. But if I can strengthen that 10% and I can work on that one step at a time each day I can really build that. The brain's not a muscle, but I'm gonna call it one. I can build that muscle. And, and I think for any of our listeners, you gotta think about that, right? You got that muscle, start building it. It's there, develop it, just one step at a time. Agreed. Cool, I've enjoyed this, Pam. Me too. Good to see you this morning, Dan. Good to see you too. <laughs> and for our listeners out there, as, as you think about what we talked about, The goal Pam and I have is we want to help you expand that mindset. We want to help you strengthen that 10%. It's there, it's waiting, your voice is there, it takes work. And just like anything over time, if you practice it and you learn to trust it, it will change your results. It will. Thanks for listening to Breaking Sales. If you want to get engaged with us outside of the podcast, be sure to go to our website, lappin 180com Go to contact us. You can also engage with us on LinkedIn at Dan Lapin or lappin 180